0: Yep, we'll be live. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Roy. Hi, Roy. Hi, Armin.
1: How are you guys? How's everybody? Good,
0: good, good. Okay, so we have... This is a video you recommended that we watch. You sent this to me. Yes. Um, tell me, what this. what is this video? What are we watching? We're watching Daniel HaGadju, yeah, a Muslim... Yeah, Daniel how
1: you say it. <laughs> he gives us uh, Haigatju. 10... HaGadju. He gives us uh, 10 points of why Israel should be afraid scared you is something like that yeah
0: yeah 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 so let's um, we might actually we might agree with some of his points i don't know we might disagree with some of his points some of his points are going to be ridiculous some of his points but uh, out of 10 let's actually count out of 10 like let's give him a s- score out of 10 how many we agree with and how many we disagree with and how many are just like outright ridiculous and stupid yeah. right <laughs> so let's start from the beginning but i see the people in the live chat are here they're saying hello people like thank you so much for yeah guys keep telling keep saying in the live chat that you're here and also like the stream and tell other people that you like the stream so they see and they get feel shame okay and they feel guilty that they have not liked the stream we need you guys there's so much nonsense being spread around religious nonsense islamic nonsense anti-semitic nonsense and we are here this channel is here to smack every single one of them okay where we need your support for this channel to grow so that we could respond to all of the spread of all this nonsense okay so please go ahead and do that and also i'm going to keep an eye to see at one point at what point are going to we going to get demonetized we're still monetized right now so we're good <laughs> but i'm going to keep an eye on it yeah we're going to keep an eye on it because i'm going to if we keep if we keep uh, checking at what point during the stream Based on what we say, we get demonetized. Maybe we'll get an idea of how the YouTube gods work, right? So I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm gonna. What? Oh yeah, people are saying they like the stream. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's just get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's see, go. to Roy.
1: Israeli. Surely they're asking me if I'm Israeli. I think. Okay. Yes, yes, I am.
0: Yes, Roy. Roy is Israeli, and he's from. He are you? Are you? Um. Okay, I'm not gonna ask you which city you're from. No, Can I ask it's you? I'll yeah, tell oh, Tel Aviv, you're in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right, let's continue, let's watch this. Here
2: one. are 10 reasons Israel should be very worried right now.
0: All right, it's a long intro.
2: Reason number 10 is demographics. Poll after poll show that younger generations are rapidly anti-Israel. In an economist poll, half of 18 to 29 year olds believe Israel is committing genocide against Palestinians. According to a recent Harvard-Harris poll, 51% of 18 to 24-year-olds think the best solution to the Israel-Palestine conflict is for Israel to be ended. A lot of Zionists are shocked by these results, but the explanation is pretty simple. Younger generations get their news from social media sources like TikTok, Twitter, and Snapchat, while the older boomer generation relies on mainstream news channels, which have a heavy pro-Israel bias. This is why a bunch of Zionists have been freaking out, demanding that TikTok is banned. Basically, Zionists can't tolerate the existence of a platform that they can't overtly control. The upshot of all this is that Israel can expect a much greater uphill battle in getting Western populations to support its policies in the near future as these younger generations grow up. Reason number nine, Israel is extremely worried right now.
0: So what do you think about that first reason? What do you think?
1: Uh, okay, I want to talk about the younger generation getting their, their news from social media. So my thoughts about that is that the social media is not balanced because you have 2 billion Muslims that pressure the algorithms to show you only one side, right? Uh, if you compare that to 15 million Jews around the world. So they don't get a, they get a biased news for every I think uh, 200 news about that are against Israel, they see only one that is in favor. So it's overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly not biased. Biased, sorry, it's overwhelmingly biased. Hmm. So,
0: yeah. And by the way, these are, that's the same study that shows that more Americans are becoming um, denying the Holocaust. That is that's the same. The study that he cite, cited is basically the same study. So he's basically celebrating the type of views that are he's, in, he's saying that is increasing among young people. But that's the same study. So yeah, this is not this is not good. Like I don't know if he wants to if he's celebrating the change in attitudes among young westerners. the reason behind that is is misinformation. Yeah. He's, he's celebrating the spread of misinformation. Even even if you wanted to, let, let's say, for example, if we wanted to be charitable to him, um, yeah. if we wanted to say, like, no, people are going to, people are becoming more anti-Israel because they have access to, they are more informed, right? Well, are is Haigadju a Holocaust denier himself or not a Holocaust denier? Because yeah. it seems to be the base of the conclusion of, you know, is grounded in the way of thinking that is anti-Semitic. So a lot of these anti-Zionist, anti-Israel people act like they're not anti-Semitic or they're not anti-Jewish, but you are celebrating a type of conclusion right now among young people that is founded in anti-Jewish hatred. And I can tell that given that these are the same young people that are more likely now to be Holocaust deniers. Is that what you're celebrating, Danny you Because he's right about the trend. I agree with the that the fact that the trend is what he says it is, but but again, the trend is not a good trend, he's celebrating something evil. Yeah, yeah. And I was also to say that yeah. he's right, it is a scary thing,
1: but it's not it's not a yes. good thing.
0: It's not something to celebrate. Like he's yeah. celebrating misinformation, he's, cel- he's, he's celebrating ho- Holocaust denier. Holocaust denial and also anti-Semitic views. Jew Jew hatred. You know, if, for example, let's say we had a disagreement with, like, I support Israel, you support Israel. Let's say some other people supported Israel, uh, were against Israel, but they were not uh, anti-Jew, they were not anti-Semitic, they were not Holocaust denial. They had, like, the idea that Israel is doing many, many things wrong, right? That would be if if Daniel Haigaju was supporting that we would disagree with Daniel Haigaju but that would be easier to support yeah. but he's outright supporting a form of anti-israeli viewpoint that is grounded in hatred of Jewish people yeah which is really difficult it's really difficult to understand why you, uh, somebody would celebrate that unless they agree with it which would make him anti-jewish or uh, an anti-semitic as well I mean, would Danny Handler you come live on there or anywhere on his videos and accept that he's a Holocaust denier? If he's not a Holocaust denier, this is is either one of these two, right? He's either a Holocaust denier or he's not a Holocaust denier. If he's not a Holocaust denier, why is he celebrating the spread of misinformation among young people? If he is a Holocaust denier, well, then I rest my case and like I don't even say much more about it. Yeah. How, also, how much more? T-
1: yeah. Go. How You're much on. more weight does it have when you say something critical of Israel, right? You personally.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you, if, not just Israel, but any any country, right? For example, if you want to criticize the United States, it, somebody who celebrates the good things about the United States is going to be much more effective at criticizing the United States. Than somebody who just like has a blanket anti-US standpoint, like many like left-wing people. Same with Israel, same with Nigeria, same with South Africa, same same with Japan, right? If you just have like if you are a racist Chinese person who just hates everything Japanese, I'm not gonna take your criticism of Japan very seriously compared to somebody that like loves many things about Japan. But also like has a criticism over a certain policy somewhere. That's why it's yeah. hard to take these people seriously. Their criticism, criticism of Israel, not that Israel doesn't have policies that are worth criticizing, it's just very hard to take these people seriously. Oh, we have a new member. Thank you so much, Bala, for becoming a member. I appreciate that. Oh, which, which speaking of, let me see if we are demon no we're still monetized we're still monetized okay so number 10 out of one out of 10 and we're still monetized so let's go to number oh before we go to point number two regarding tiktok these people are celebrating tiktok you know based islamically that based based on islamic standards the level of degeneracy (laughs) what they call degeneracy that is on tiktok like you guys you guys should be the last to celebrate Trends like TikTok. Do you know? (laughs) Yeah, You know, (laughs) okay, yeah, TikTok is spreading anti-Israeli hatred and anti-Semitic values, but it's also a lot of young girls dancing and showing off their skin and promoting, I don't know, promiscuity and all the things that you hate the most. I mean, Mm. you are promoting an app that you claim to be spreading the type of values that is taking down the the foundations of what makes societies. So, if Israel needs to be afraid of TikTok, you should be more afraid of TikTok because TikTok stands against every single value that you guys hold dear. I don't know what you're talking about, other than anti-Jewish. See, this is why I'm telling you these people care about their anti-Jewish hatred more than more than all their other values. They were they are even willing to pro- accept celebrate. TikTok, even though TikTok is so against Islamic values, the values that are promoted on TikTok are so against Islamic values. But as long as it promotes anti-Jewish hatred and anti-Israeli views, like, yep, okay, never mind. We're we're willing to forget everything else, and now we're celebrating TikTok. Okay, go on, right?
1: Just a quick one just, uh, to remind about the last episode. People can go watch it. Uh, we saw them celebrating a very viral video. Of the most lame cliche of a person who is suffering and vulnerable, and using this to convert him to Islam, right? That's the most cliche yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thing yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do, <laughs> and they celebrated it. It Was very viral on on TikTok.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, standards be damned. If you hate, yeah, let's continue.
2: Now is international backlash. The entire
0: not. Okay, so this is reason number nine. Let's go All back this to
2: this. is that Israel can expect mm. a much greater uphill battle in getting Western populations to support its policies in the near future.
0: Wait, is this, is this the beginning of nine? Oh, let me actually read the title of this article. Lawmakers renew calls to ban TikTok after accusation of anti-Israel content. So he said that this is why Zionists want to ban TikTok, okay? But Zionists want to ban t- This is... Uh, this is U.S. politician. I guess he calls everybody um, Zionist is a swear word for him, and I guess he's right. Everybody who does support Israel's right to
1: existence is technically Zionist. No, Israel Zionist. controls everything, Armin.
0: Oh, Israel controls everything. So they are like, okay, that's what yeah. you did. You're right. You're right. Puppets, <laughs> Puppets <laughs> but but I don't I don't understand. Like Islamic countries also want to ban TikTok, and you should you what a Daniel, you want to ban TikTok. You told us that under an Islamic government, things like TikTok or anything that spreads degeneracy should be banned. So why is this double standard? Like, oh, Zionists want to ban TikTok because they don't like to hear the truth. You want to ban TikTok. You, you because you don't like. Oh, my God. I don't understand.
2: Demanding that TikTok is banned. Basically, Zionists can't tolerate the existence of a platform that they can't overtly control. The-
0: that, 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 Islam, Islam is you yourself, Tania Hagaju, you had also said that under Islamic rule, you will these platforms will be banned. The spread of un-Islamic views will be banned. And you said under an Islamic state. The ideas that you want to have control over the spread of ideas that are anti-Islamic. You said that with a ex- no, with just ban with execution. Danny is like, oh, how do the, these Zionists cannot tolerate the ideas that they don't like? Danny Akinjide, you, you, you in your debates, you with your debates with us, Danny you in his debate on secular jihadists with me and Ali Rizwi, Argued for the for why under an Islamic state, ex-Muslims like me who are spreading anti-Islamic views should be executed,
1: <laughs> causing corruption the over the land. Armin, right? Yeah. Okay, so no, oh, oh, I don't know, Zionists
0: don't like Zionists don't like ideas that they can't control. Oh my God, the double standards, the hypocrisy. But what, but what with the
1: Zionists? Why are they not saying Israelis? Or maybe maybe the Jews? I know, but but what, what with the Zionists?
0: Zionists right? sound so more, so dirty in, yeah. in Muslim ears. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got a super chat, which okay. So let me actually check if we're still monetized. Because I could yeah, we're still monetized. All right, so El saying so when they say you are paid by the Jews, they will be right about something even if it's Canadian and not uh, NIS. Is that shekel? Is what is that NIS?
1: Okay, well, thank and, you. No, NIS is new Israeli shekels. Oh, new Israeli shekels. Okay, yeah. okay.
0: El, well, thank you so much. Okay, <laughs> okay. We'll can, we'll can, can somebody confirm that El is a Jew so we can actually we can claim that we are being funded by the Jews? Thank you so much, El. Yeah,
1: thank you, El. Thank you.
2: The upshot of all this is that Israel can expect a much greater uphill battle in getting Western populations to support its policies in the near future as these younger generations grow up. Reason number nine Israel is extremely worried right now is international backlash the entire non-western world has unified against israel if you go down the list of countries pretty much every non-western nation has made a condemnatory statement against israel and many of them have gone so far as to accuse israel of genocide and you even see massive pro-palestinian protests in places like japan china russia and latin america places you'd never expect Social media has contributed to this in two ways. One, the whole world is able to see Israel's atrocities in HD video. And two, instant translation allows the world to hear the genocidal statements coming from Israeli politicians themselves. In the past, a language barrier prevented people in Africa or South America or East Asia or even the West from understanding the Hebrew of Israel's policymakers, but now Their speeches are getting translated, and all that racism and hatred from Israel's top politicians is being instantly spread to the far corners of the globe.
0: Reason. Okay, so I have a lot to say about these things. By the way, so reason number nine was the globe is united against Israelis, which is actually, for me, a reason why we need Israel, (laughs) Uh, right? (laughs) This is Zionism confirmed, right? So yes, yeah. I think like Israelis should be worried that the world is so united against them. That's why they had to make their own country. That's why we that's why we need Zionism because there's the so the double standard and the anti-Jewish uh, standards and hatred is so global and, and it's so deep-rooted that you cannot trust other people to be fair to Jews around the world. That's why the Jews decided, like, exactly because of what Daniel HaGadju just mentioned here, that's why Jews realized that the only way for them to survive is to have their own country, right? So thank you for Daniel HaGadju for why we need Zionism. I appreciate that. And also the double standards is amazing. Um, when when, When they say that all around the world people are watching the war, and seeing how horrible it is well we have so many other wars around the world and it doesn't get this level of attention and this level of criticism even though they have a much higher um, civilian to militant uh, de- uh, death ratio even though israel has managed to get a lower civilian to death ra- uh, civilian to militant death ratio on a place where the the enemies are using civilians as um, human shields, and uh, in a place where uh, the population density ranks number two in the world, the fact that Israel has still managed to get below the global average of civilian to militant death ratio shows that they're doing so much more than other countries to be able to reduce civilian casualties. And even so, all the other wars is not getting this level of hatred and criticism, and Israel's war on Gaza It is even compared to where other Muslims are being attacked. Um, or other Arabs that are being attacked, this war is getting a lot more hatred and criticism because of the de- double standard, because they happen to be Jews, which again confirms why we need Zionism. Also, when it comes to the accusation of genocide, nobody has demonstrated that the, uh, that accusation is valid. Again, without even any evidence, I could guess that given that any war has human rights violations within them. You are going to be able to, there is no evidence to show any genocidal intent in the war on Gaza, but given the sheer number of people involved, I, get, I can guess that you will be able to find soldiers or certain commanders that do have that intent. Um, but again, for you to generalize that to the entire policy of Israel or IDF, again, is because of a significant anti-Jewish hatred and the bias that people have against Israel and the IDF. IDF and Israel's government have done more than any any government or military in modern history to try to reduce civilians' death. And the fact that people don't see that is why we need Israel
1: as a country. Go on, Roy. Okay, so uh, one of the obvious uh, awful thing about wars is the fact that some soldiers are taking advantage of the situation, just as you said. So, of course, you will see if there are 50,000 soldiers in Gaza and only 300 of them are taking advantage of it, you will have multiple uh, accounts of uh, atrocities, right, that are caused by them. But it happens in every war and it's awful. uh, what else I wanted to say here? Oh, he, just, he, he said that the, a lot of all countries around the world are saying that it is a genocide. And he so, showed a screenshot that says, please avoid a genocide. Even the screenshot that he put was not saying that it is a genocide. And all of right. the West countries didn't say, okay, now it's a genocide. They just asked for less casualties. That doesn't mean that they think it's a genocide. They might think that maybe you're not. Enough careful, right? You can even right. be careless. It's still not a genocide. If you attack Hamas and you're like careless, it's not a genocide, you're just being awful, right? But it's not a genocide. So that's that's the second point.
0: So, what yeah, again, what people don't understand about genocide is that it requires intent, it's not about the numbers, it, it it's about the intention. You could kill one person and it could be genocidal you could kill 100,000 people and it could be not genocidal. Not that it's better, the 100,000 is worse. Again, genocidal doesn't mean worse. Genocidal is a... a it is it, it, a reference to the intention, because if you kill one person within the, with the intention of eventually like wiping out or destroying an entire population of people, that that one person, that the, the death of that one person would be genocidal. But if you're even if you end up killing 100,000 people without that intention, that would not be genocidal. So that's why the court required again the, what the international court so far has came to, again, this is going to be some investigation that will continue. And again, I'm pretty sure within every army, if you dig any military operations, if you dig deep, you are going to find examples of somebody, you know, some, some people that have genocidal intent. Again, but with, right now, when it comes to trying to show the higher ups and, you know, the entire command of IDF has genocidal intent, that is a lot of people are discovering not something that you could just make up and go. Um, and the international Criminal Court had what they what they did was just a reminder to Israel about something that Israel has already agreed upon. So that means they have not been able to sh- show any form of genocide. It was just a reminder to for Israel to respect its um, you know duties, and Israel has already done that and is continuing to do that anyways. By the way, I just want to confirm that we have been demonetized. Congratulations, everyone. Woo! We did it. We did it and and it's got and And it's got it's it's got we lost, lost. but now let's the
1: super chat flow in, right? Super chat, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, Charles just gave us a super chat, thank you so much. I think this is 50 Danish, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah, it's yours, yeah. You read it
1: then, (laughs) okay? It's for me since Roy was not here when I first told this joke. What do you call a pork from a pig's? Ham uh, uh, nice I, I can say it right because we're demonetized no but we yeah go use, ahead say it say it no okay. no say it say from it say a pig's it, say ass ham ass right hum, ham ham yeah, what do you that's call nice.
0: pork from a pig's ass okay that's good ham ass thank you thank you Truel also I said we can check if y'all is a Jew and El is saying I can show you I wonder mm. what is that refer- <laughs> uh, you could also I be Muslim with... right it won't yeah, be enough Paul. I don't, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, let's continue. The I
3: think you went to Yamaka and you
1: took it the somewhere Abraham else.
2: Accord.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just showed you the comment.
2: The of the globe. Reason number eight is the undermining of the Abraham Accords. The Abraham Accords, developed by the Trump administration in 2020, with cooperation from the UAE government, was a big win for Israel because it meant opening up economic ties with surrounding Arab countries without having to commit to Palestinian statehood. But the war and all the images and videos of Palestinians being slaughtered by Israel has enraged the Muslim world to unprecedented levels. The last thing Muslims in these Gulf countries want is normalization with Israel. This puts a lot of pressure on the Gulf governments. If they proceed with normalization, they risk losing whatever last bits of legitimacy they have in the eyes of their people, and this can lead to public unrest and even instability. Is that instability worth the marginal benefit that comes with full-on normalization with the Zionist state? Before moving...
0: Okay, so he's right about this. However, he shouldn't say... He shouldn't give this just as a reason why Israel should be worried. This is a reason why Israelis and Palestinians should be worried, not Israelis alone, right? Because the Abrahamic Accord is the best chance that we have had towards a two-state solution. Again, when I say these people are anti-Palestinian, it's because of these reasons, right? The only entity the only group that could actually put Israel really really wants normalization with Arab countries they they, they they really want that and they they're smart to want that because again united states is going to be less less and less present within the Middle East and Israel Israel for its survival it will require normalization of relationships with Arab countries and these Arab countries especially Saudi Arabia is making one of its main conditions for normalization a two-state solution. And that is going to put a lot of pressure in the future governments of of Israel to eventually give the Palestinians, like allow a path towards a two-state solution. So this is the best hope that the Palestinians could have this pressure for eventually getting their own country. This is what these people don't want Palestinians to have their own country. This These people want Israel to just completely be eliminated off the map, right? Even if that would mean sacrificing every single Palestinian. So if you could could give these people two options, Israel would be a country and Palestine would be a country. Or Israel will get wiped off the map and the cost of that would be the death of every single Palestinian. Which one do you think people like this will pick between these two options? they will pay whatever price necessary for wiping out Israel, even if that means spending the blood of Palestinians, right? So right now we're seeing this choice. The choice right now is, you know, the pressure of Saudi Arabia and other Gulf Arab countries on Israel to eventually accept a two-state solution, or at least, you know, providing a path for us to get a, get get there. Because right now, there is no path. There is nobody on the other side for us to talk to to have a two-state solution. Everybody on the other side is pure, is completely genocidal. So we have nothing, right? We have nothing. But Israel and Saudi Arabia maybe could, like, eventually create that other alternative in the long term. I don't know, right? But there is no other way. The Abrahamic Accord will be the force that will get us there. So when he's celebrating that Abrahamic Accord, like, falling apart, the main cause, this will make the Palestinians suffer more than Israelis. As as bad as this is for Israelis, it's actually worse for the Palestinians. But they don't care. They don't take care about Palestinians. They only care about Israeli suffering, no matter how many Palestinians ha- have to suffer because of it. But go on,
1: Roy. Yeah, You, you actually t- said all of my points, except one that I still no. don't think that they actually care. The minute the war ends, I, I'm pretty sure that the accord will continue the normalization will continue i'm pretty sure
0: yes i mean i'm it, 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 it's surprising because saudi arabia didn't take a long time to come out and say like yeah we're going to continue with the abrahamic accord like they actually did it did it sooner than even i anticipated it shows that they are very committed to the abrahamic mm-hmm. accord however it is going to slow it down because saudi arabia and other um, gulf arab countries do want normalization with Israel against the wishes of their of their civilians, right? Mm -hmm. And the Saudi citizens and all these other citizens, they are more conservative than their governments there. And the Saudi government is afraid of an Islamic uprising at some point, like having an Islamic revolution, kind of like what happened in Iran against the monarchy in 1979. So this, uh, the speed of how close they're getting to Israel is a red line for a lot of their citizens. And it will increase the risk of an Islamic uprising so they do take that into their calculation and they are concerned about that so it will even if it comes back it is going to delay the process which again means more Palestinians suffering right Mm -hmm. nobody is going to be able to speak for the Palestinians better unfortunately as, as much as I hate to say this because I hate Mohammed bin Salman but right now The people who are speaking, act like they are speaking on behalf of Palestinians is the most of the Islamic Republic of Iran, who doesn't care about the Palestinians, who is using the Palestinians suffering for to spread their ideology and their power in the region. As much as I hate the Saudi government, the Saudis speak, uh, speaking on behalf of Palestinians, as much as the Palestinians hate the Saudi government, they are going to be a much better representative for the well-being of the Palestinians. So I hope it switches from Iran to Saudi Arabia, as much as I don't want to congratulate Mohammed bin Salman for anything. But anyways, let's continue with the next... Oh, we actually got a super chat, which again, guys, the super chats really do help because as I showed you, we have been demonetized. Again, it's really hard for us to fight against all this nonsense given the level of demonetization because what we do takes time. And a lot of editing and a lot of like cover design and research and everything. So thank you so much for doing what you, for the super chats. And again, if you're not doing super chats, at least like the stream, because we've, I think we're doing effective work here. So the comely Bengali with a super chat, five-pound super chat saying, Armin Navabi, has, Armin Navabi, has Daniel accepted your offer to his debate challenge about Zionism. Sorry, this is the only super chat I could give. No, that's okay. That's great. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, calm, bingo. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, no, he he said that my he made fun of um, our subscriber numbers, and that was the reason why he denied uh, debate with me. He said like, oh, you guys are pathetically small and weak. You have low subscribers, and that's the reason why he didn't uh, on twitter said that he's not going to debate us right so yeah so he, because he has a lot more subscribers again that's another reason why you guys should sub- subscribe because channels like danny and are spreading misinformation are a lot larger than channels like us who are fighting against misinformation so please subscribe and hit the bell notification and tell other people to come and subscribe to our channel all right let's continue
2: on with the top 10 are you subscribed to muslim skeptic most oh, of you watching right now you're... are not actually subscribed. Why not? Speaking if of. you want more in-depth videos subscribe. like this, just do us a favor.
0: Yeah, subscribe to us. And subscribe to the channel.
2: Reason number seven Israel should be extremely worried is a recent YouGov poll showing that 36% of 18 to 29-year-olds believe that the Holocaust is exploited for political purposes. Along those lines, Raz Segal, Jewish professor of Holocaust studies at Stockton University, wrote an op-ed in The Guardian urging Benjamin Netanyahu and other Zionists to stop invoking the Holocaust in this war against Palestine. Many speculate that the increasing cynicism about the Holocaust is due to the outrageous violence Israel is committing in Gaza. To commit these atrocities and then defend them by invoking the Holocaust is not going over well with most people and you lose your moral credibility. That's very bad news for Israel because, especially in the coming years, more people will be willing to speak out strongly against Israel and won't be deterred by being labeled Nazis. Reason number six: Israel should what, be war.
0: So, what do you
1: think about that? I'm
0: gonna. What do you think yeah. about that one?
1: Yeah, I personally half agree with him. Uh, specifically, the image he, saw, uh, he showed uh, with, the, with that our politician had the the yellow star. He was heavily criticized in Israel. It was a, a very, very lame uh, <laughs> attempt at using the Holocaust. Uh, I think it really does happen every now and then. That we use that
0: yeah i mean this is again the same st- this is the p- again this is the same study so look at the study that he mentioned um where is it the
2: holocaust is due to the outrageous vice war against palestine many speculate that the increasing cynicism about the Holocaust. ross Segal, jewish professor of holocaust studies at stockton percent yeah. of 18 to 29 year olds believe- so, so-
0: So, look, this is the exact same study, which I have now here. Um, My, hold on, is it here? This is the exact same study that shows that the idea that the Holocaust is a myth. Look at this. I agree. Look, ages... 18 to 20, like ages 65 plus is almost 0%. Ages 45 to 64 is 2%. Oh, actually, yes. And ages 30 to 44 is 8%. And now look, ages 18 to 29, 20%. 20%. One in five young people (laughs) believe that... The Holocaust is a myth. I mean, why are you, Danny you Why are you not st- citing this part of the study? Like, is this like are you are you celebrating this? This is huge. Look at look at the jump. Whoa. Like eight percent, thirty to forty-four, and then twenty percent in the young generation. This is what TikTok is giving you. This is the <laughs> study. No huh. selective show of. Statistics, by the way, Danny Hale-Gajou. This is why I don't trust Danny Heigeraju when he shows us studies. Okay, because he only shows us half of the study,
1: right? Yeah. Again, I this is to,
0: what you're celebrating. Yeah,
1: I wanted to mention another thing. Uh, when the students of all the Ivy League universities, like, like a lot of clubs, uh, were against uh, Israel, right? But the moment they had to take accountability, well, like when firms say they wouldn't uh, hire someone from Harvard and stuff like that. The moment they, they had to, to take accountability, they all uh, resented, right? They all said, no, we didn't know what we were signing. Uh, so, right. you know, it, it's, it's just a trend. That That's how you see it. It's just a trend. People love saying that because it's cool. They don't really know what they're talking about. They just follow, just follow Twitter and TikTok. That's what's going right. on.
0: By the way, guys, this is why I'm. T- this is why again. This is an academic study, okay? So this is not like us oh, just guessing whether something is misinformation or anything. This is why we need channels like us, okay? Because the spread of misinformation. By the way, I noticed even a worse number. So the people who are willing to say disagree. So when I say the Holocaust is a myth, they're willing to say they disagree with that. It's only fifty-one percent. So only half of young people are willing to say that. The Holocaust is not a myth. This is only like fifty-one percent only agree that this. Oh my! That the Holocaust really happened. Unbelievable. Disagree. So the less is the rest is neither. Okay, so we have thirty percent saying neither agree or disagree. So only fa- only half of young Americans. This guys, this is a horrible future. Again, I don't know if these kids. Or these young people are going to change their mind if they, when they grow up. I hope a lot of them grow up, but again, I don't think this is this. This fifty percent is going to change, you know, that much. Maybe even if half of them change and half of them keep their opinion, um, that's going to really change how the United States votes, and this is dangerous for the planet because again, these are the people who decide how the world's largest military operates. Right? And this is why you need to support channels like ours who are fighting this level of misinformation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's continue
2: is exploited for political purposes. Along those lines, Raz Segal, Jewish professor of Holocaust studies at Stockton University, wrote an op-ed in The Guardian urging Benjamin Netanyahu and other Zionists to stop invoking the Holocaust in this war against Palestine. Many speculate that the increasing cynicism about the Holocaust is due to the outrageous violence Israel is committing in Gaza. To commit these atrocities and then defend them
0: What has it got to do with the Holocaust? Like, I don't understand. Even, let's say Israel was committing a genocide in Gaza, right? Why would you undermine the Holocaust, how important the Holocaust was? Maybe even if you're against, if, if even if you think Israel is committing a genocide in Gaza, wouldn't you just like you mentioned to remind the Holocaust and how bad that is as a way to criticize Israel? To me, th- the fact that you're trying to undermine how important the Holocaust was just shows that you guys are anti-Semitic because you wouldn't dismiss it. You would, you would mention it even more. You would mention, oh, like, oh, how horrible the Holocaust was. Like, you guys shouldn't do this because like, you remember the Holocaust, how horrible it was? So please stop doing a genocide. So to me, it shows that the motivate the deep, you know, the, the root of all this is like, oh, yeah, Jews cannot be the victim, period.
2: And by invoking the Holocaust is not going over well with most people and you lose your moral credibility. That's very bad news for Israel because especially in the coming years, more people will be willing to speak out strongly against Israel and won't be deterred by being labeled Nazis. Reason number six Israel should be worried is Zionists are overplaying their hand. In the past Mm -hmm. few months, we have all had a front row seat in watching how the Israeli lobby leverages its power to stifle even the tiniest critique of Israel's atrocities. It's reached cartoonish levels at this point. Even people who are generally pro-Israel have been slammed for not being pro-Israel enough. A good example came from the Ivy League. As soon as October 7th happened, all the Ivy League universities announced that they were taking a stand against so-called anti-Semitism on campus. As a Harvard graduate, even I got an email from the Harvard president, Claudine Gay, that Harvard was launching an anti-Semitism advisory group. I thought to myself, why does anti-Semitism get its own advisory group at Harvard? Why not an Islamophobia advisory group or an anti-Christian hate advisory group or an anti-Chinese or an anti-black advisory group? Seems pretty biased. But the crazy thing was Zionists were not even satisfied with this. Claudine Gay and other university presidents were questioned in a congressional hearing about how they would punish students who protested Israel. Gay responded that her priority was to protect Jewish students, but also allow free speech. Zionists found this unacceptable. There could be no free speech on university campuses if free speech means openly criticizing Israel's actions in Gaza. So they pressured Harvard and they pressured until Claudine Gay had to resign. To anyone who's not a Zionist, this is all outrageous. In universities, students can protest any country in the world and face no disciplinary action. In fact, in some universities, you're encouraged to protest against even the United States. But don't you dare raise a peep against Israel. Otherwise, your student group will get suspended and you might even get expelled. So why should Israel be worried about this? In politics, subtlety is a virtue. The most powerful hand is the invisible hand. But the Israel lobby has been doing the exact opposite. Their heavy-handed approach to silencing opposition in politics and the media and on university campuses has only created mass resentment. People don't like the idea of lobbies as it undermines the ideal of democracy. So when they clearly see the work of a powerful foreign lobby manipulating their governments and universities, this breeds nothing but anger and outrage. Anger and outrage that is directed towards the Zionist state. But the alarming thing is that the Israeli lobby reacts to this increased anger and outrage by increasing censorship, which in turn increases anger and outrage. This is a vicious cycle that is simply not sustainable.
0: Re- okay, so let me actually re- remember how he described what happened at the at Harvard. Let me bring it to the beginning of where he Frispish. started describing it. Pressure whole-
2: until Claudine Gay had to re-
0: Okay, let's actually, I want to make sure, I want to play the video and of uh, what actually happened and you guys w- listen to Daniel Henreju's description of it again and tell me how honest Daniel, how, how honest Daniel is being about what actually was the There would
2: be no free speech on universe.
0: Okay, look at this, look at this. All right, so let me bring this up. So guys, this is what actually happened and then we will listen to Daniel Henreju's description of it again and. Uh, just see how freaking dishonest this man is, and how one-sided, and lies by omission. Hold on.
4: And Dr. Gay at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no?
3: It can be depending on the context.
0: Okay, I'm going to play the rest of this video, but just just pay attention to this first part. Okay? At Harvard, at Harvard, the question was again. Let's listen to the question. And
4: Dr. Gay. At Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes.
0: Do they? <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty easy question to answer, right? Does calling for genocide of the Jews, okay, is that against the rules of Harvard when it comes to bullying and harassment? Okay.
1: Harassment, not against answered... the rules of killing. Arrest for harassment no. and bullying. Harassment, and she says, depends on the. Freaking context,
0: which means that there are situations, you know, there are some contexts that you could ask for the genocide of Jews in Harvard, and there is a context that that would not violate Harvard's
4: rules. That is what she's saying. So, listen to this again. I will listen to the whole clip. And Dr. Gay at Harvard. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no?
3: It can be, depending on the context.
4: What's the context?
3: Targeted as an individual. Targeted as at an individual.
4: It's targeted at 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 Jewish students.
0: Okay. What do you mean targeted as an individual? If you come, so if you say, if you come in Harvard and say, like, oh, we should kill. Again, I shouldn't say all, we should commit genocide on all Jewish people. If you don't specifically, you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, we should do that to everybody. If you don't say it to a specific student, but if you call for the death of all Jewish people on campus, that does not violate Harvard rules? Are you freaking
4: serious? Are you insane?
0: <laughs> what the hell are you talking about?
3: Targeted as, at an individual.
4: It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no?
3: Anti-Semitic rhetoric. And is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-se-
0: Just say yes, lady. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. yes.
3: She's going to say something important rhetoric now. Rhetoric when okay. it crosses Listen. into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, conduct. intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action.
0: Oh, so maybe you should do the genocide for yeah. Harvard <laughs> yeah, to get involved, okay? So, yeah, so you actually have to do it. Like, if you call for genocide, Harvard is not going to punish you. But if, eventually, if you cross into actually
4: committing maybe like genocide, then Harvard's <laughs> like,
0: oh, okay, now you have violated the rules.
4: So, the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct?
3: Again,
0: it depends on the context.
3: It does
4: not depend on- It does not depend. oh
0: my god, this is the easiest question in the world to answer. Calling for genocide of Jews, just say yes, lady, just say yes. It yes. violates our rules. How the hell can you get that wrong? Maybe like, how about this? How about like, what if I misgendered you? Okay, would that violate? Would I? (laughs) No. (laughs) What if I'm (laughs) like, would that violate your rules? Oh my
1: god! That's already a conduct. You already hurt me right now. (laughs) Context.
4: It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board
0: oh my it's like god all, okay
1: it's and like they all had the same lawyer all three of them all the three uh pre- presidents of the universities has the, the one same lawyer listen
0: to now based on what just happened listen to what that how daniel heyreju is describing what happened okay
2: jewish students but all. Yeah. or an anti-chinese or an anti-black advisory group seems pretty biased but the crazy thing was zionists were not even satisfied with this claudine gay and other university presidents were questioned in a congressional hearing about how they would punish students who protested israel gay-
0: <laughs> students punish students who protested israel yeah that's what the, that's what the question was you liar <laughs> you freaking a- <laughs> liar daniel you lie i just showed how you lie I just show guys, if even if you're a Daniel Hagajew fan, aren't didn't you just see how I caught him in a lie?
2: A responded that her priority was to protect Jewish students, but also allow free speech. Zionists found this unacceptable. There could be no free speech on university campuses if free yes. speech means openly criticizing Israel's actions and. In-
0: Oh, yeah, that was the issue. The issue was like, oh, you cannot criticize Israel. That was the issue. You liar. How did, how, oh my, like, why don't you show the video then, Daniel?
2: Gaza. So they pressured.
0: Yeah, the issue was like, okay, lady, are people allowed to criticize Israel on campus? And she's like. Yes, they're allowed. Like, no, they should not be allowed. Like, oh, no, this is free speech. We allow people to criticize like, Oh, you should be fired. You allow people to criticize Israel on campus? Fire. fire." (laughs) The answer is no, you are not allowed to criticize. That was what happened. Sure. Sure, Daniel.
2: Harvard and they pressured until Claudine Gay had to resign. To anyone who's not a Zionist, this is all outrageous. In universities, students can protest any country in the world and face no disciplinary action.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Are they allowed to ask for genocide, Daniel, on any university? Are students allowed to go ask for the genocide? What if they ask for genocide of Arabs? Do you think any university in the United States will let you stay a student if you ask for genocide of Muslims or black people or Arabs? Why do you want a special rule for just being able to ask for genocide of Jewish people? Huh? Why should that be allowed if you can't ask for genocide of any other group of people? Okay. So the double standard is on the other way around, Daniel, not not the totally way you're at, acting one. like it is. Yeah. Anyways, let's go to the next claim. I think it was started at 7.16. Yeah.
1: I don't think Did you're you going to get it on time, the whole thing. Okay. Okay.
2: Anger and outrage. This is a vicious cycle that is simply not sustainable. Reason number five Israel should be worried is the open public discussion about Judaism. For decades, public criticism of religion focused on only two religions, Islam and Christianity. The leading new atheists, like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins, focused all their anti-God diatribes mostly on Islam, about how barbaric Islam is and how barbaric and backwards Muslims are. But these new atheists had literally nothing to say about Judaism, which is convenient given that many of these new atheists come from Jewish families or are funded by Zionists. But ever since October 7th, Judaism as a religion has been on trial and is being critiqued in an analogous way to how Islam has been critiqued in the West. What has sparked this new debate on Judaism is Israeli politicians like Netanyahu who call the Palestinians Amalek. Many people on social media have been asking, what is Amalek and why are the Israelis calling Palestinians Amalek? This opens up a conversation about traditional Jewish laws, which actually sanction genocide and even command the killing of children. This is what you will find in the Torah and in other Jewish texts. You have Israeli rabbis, you even have military officials as well as politicians who represent the religious segments of Israeli society, literally calling Palestinians subhuman animals. So many in the West are wondering, well, what does Judaism teach about non-Jews? This has opened up a conversation about traditional Jewish laws, which religiously justified apartheid policies and extreme racism. Passages of the Talmud are going viral. Video clips of traditional rabbis advocating absolutely shocking teachings of Judaism are going viral. Way too many people are Googling metzitzah Bapa. Please, whatever you do, Do not Google Mitzitzah the Pah. The upshot is since October 7th, once obscure facts about Jewish religion are now constantly being discussed on social media, and that is really bad news for Zionism. Reason number. All
0: right, really quickly, I'm going to uh, go through all of this so we can finish this video sooner. All right. First of all, Sam Harris and other new atheists have criticized. Uh, stuff from the Old Testament and the Torah and Jewish scripture a lot, a lot. So nonsense. Like it's like they say literally nothing. Bull crap. They say yeah. ha- they have said. I have seen videos of them. I have read their books. They have criticized scripture from Jewish Jewish scripture a lot. So bull crap. Okay. And also yes, the Talmud and the Torah is filled with nonsense, just like the Quran, uh, the Quran, and the Hadith are. Right. Right. So uh, uh, the reason why more we we atheists talk about Islam more. First of all, it's because Islam is there's a lot more Muslims, and Muslims on average take Islam a lot more seriously. And Islam is a much more political ideology that influences politics and other people's way of life than Judaism. So even though we are we do criticize Judaism, it makes more sense to talk about Islam than Judaism because of the impact that it has on the world, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, Jews on average are a lot more secular than Muslims. You know, and Arabs or you know, so on average, like even when you talk talked about jews you know jews take religion their religion you know the even the jews who do take their religion seriously most of them take the rituals of their religions seriously rather than taking the commands of their religion very seriously and the ultra orthodox jewish people that take also the commands of their religion very seriously seriously are ostracized and not seen as good by many other jewish people they're seen as like a problematic part of yeah, problematic part problem of society, and also that comment that you mentioned about uh, that person—you know, the defense uh, minister, uh, minister calling um, Palestinians animals. He was calling Hamas militants animals. He wasn't calling Palestinians animals. And also, the IDF does not follow religious scripture when it comes to the way <laughs> it conduct its military no. operations. You know, and not at all. You know, finding some people who mentioned some. A religious scripture that does not mean like if you actually go, go look at the policies and the methodologies of how the IDF conducts its um, activities and policies is based on liberal standards of modern countries of modern liberal countries rather than you know anything that is religious right um, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to find like a soldier here or there who is motivated by scripture but again the overall general policy
1: of IDF is not a reflection of religious ideology but good. Wait, go ahead. Just a small addition. Uh, Judaism does not want people to join it, right? We don't have apologists, apologetics. We don't have not. We don't want other people to come and be Jews. So, what? So why would anyone right. talk about us? United States has nothing to worry about. It become Jewish, like a Jewish religious state. So why why would they even bother with it?
0: Oh. Yeah, and I ha- I have another list for you to read. By the way, I forgot to read the super chat. Sorry, Rudra. I hope you're, you're still here. Uh, Rudra saying Israel hushes hushes and uh, slightest criticism? Question mark. Didn't know Norm Finkelstein to be mute ever utter nonsense. Mm. You're you're right. Actually, that's a good point, Rudra. Israel. Actually, is a country that celebrates criticism. A lot of the things that we criticize Israel for, Israel governments for, are stuff that the Israeli media had figured out. There's no hushing in Israel. Israel has a very rich media that is self-critical of Israeli policy. So they don't hush criticism. In fact, they are... One of the most self critical countries on the planet. So maybe some Islamic countries could learn from that. Um, also, when it comes to how the IDF conducts, you're um, acting like because of the Jewish scripture, they're genocidal. Uh, actually, if you go look at the sources, um, I'm just reading right now, the IDF has implemented uh, measures to minimize civilian casualties during operations in Gaza. These measures include providing warnings and evacuating urban areas before attacks, a practice highlighted as unprecedented in urban warfare. <laughs> According to expert analysis, the IDF Thou provided days and...
1: <laughs> Thou should drop yeah. the notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't see that anywhere in scripture. <laughs> yeah, this is actually more advanced than other liberal countries, right? According to yeah. expert analysis, the IDF provided days and weeks of warnings employed employed calling and texting ahead of airstrikes and used roof knocking. Um, uh, what is this? Munitions oh, munitions to alert buildings occupants to evacuate before a strike. This approach uh, contrasts with other military operations worldwide, where urban areas were not given such extensive warnings before attacks. Further, f- further efforts to protect civilians have been detailed, such as dropping leaflets in Gaza, with uh, with map and QR codes to help civilians move away from areas of complex, these leaflets aimed to provide precise instructions for residents to avoid areas where Hamas uh, centers of centers of uh, gravity were located, thus uh, reducing the risk to civilian populations. The IDF also took pause took a pause in fighting to refine of operational procedures and improve precision in their operations, indicating a strategic effort to minimize harm to civilians while combating Hamas. Right? So again, and also remember the the civilian to militia militant ratio that is happening in gaza is lower than the global average which is unbelievable for such a place that is so population uh, pop, uh, po- with such high population density and given that Hamas uses human shields being ach- being able to achieve lower than global average civilian to militant death ratio is is, is pu- like a miracle right so again yeah. um if they're trying to committing if Israel's go- if the IDF is trying to commit a genocide, they really suck at doing genocide. They're the poorest. They're the <laughs> poorest genocide conductors in the history of genocide. Anyways, let's go to number four. Number
2: four boycotts have been overwhelmingly successful. In the early days of the war, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Coca-Cola offered support to the Israeli military. Immediately, they became targets of international boycotts that have caused the companies billions of dollars in losses. The boycotts have been so painful that these brands have been forced to make statements distancing themselves from Israel. Ultimately, the success of these boycotts should make Israel extremely worried because in the future, major brands will be far more hesitant to even associate with Israel, let alone to publicly endorse Israeli policy. Also, the enemies of Israel around the world have been emboldened to launch more targeted boycotts in the future to punish corporations that side with Israel. Reason number three is... Right, so
0: these boycotts are hurting um, Palestinians, more than israel uh, they're also hurting a lot of muslims and arab who live in israel and they don't seem to care about which organizations are even involved in war or not as long as they're israeli they're also boycotting organizations that are of actively taking part in trying to reduce the misery in Gaza, even organizations and companies that provide work visas to Palestinians to come to work in Israel. There are a lot of people in West Bank and in Gaza that work with these companies and boycotting them is harming the people in Palestine as well. But given that as long as you're Israeli, you're boycotting them shows that Israel. there's literally nothing that Israel or these companies could do for these people not to boycott them, which basically completely destroys the whole point of boycott. As long as you're israeli we're against you no matter what you do so it's not going to basically motivate any form of action given that you know basically as an israeli we're against you as long as you exist the only thing that makes us happy is for you not to exist this is what these boycotts are signaling roy uh,
1: just to note that the uh, mcdonald's in israel actually continue to support uh, the military all the way i think today until today you can come to any mcdonald's and you will get i mean something like half a price or something like that if you are on uniform <laughs> okay. yeah all right yeah, yeah. All right but just so, to say that people, also, pe- people are just in love with thinking that they are doing something without checking what they're doing so that, that they're in right. love with looking at themselves boycotting that's it
0: right and also remember that uh, a lot there was a global push for boycotting zara for having a crack in the wall that looked like palestine and they thought that they're making fun of Palestine, right? So I, even Looks though like that video shoot, yeah, it looked more like um, Argentina, I think, yeah, than than any other country. Um, and it also, yeah, and, and also it was sh- shot before October 7th. So it had nothing to do with making fun of the plight of Palestinians. It was literally a crack in the wall. So just remember that Zara was boycotted for just a crack in the wall. Like we're not making just, we're not making this up. So given that you boycott companies for cracks and walls, um, and Starbucks, we looked at what you why they boycott, boycott Zara. It was literally just one employee that said well, something at some point. So it's basically, there's nothing you can do to avoid these boycotts. So that's why it's not going to come, there's no positive, you're not promoting any positive behavior because you guys are just insane. Anyways, number three.
2: Should be really nervous is the Red Sea blockade. Who would have thought that one of the poorest countries in the world could strike such a heavy blow to the U.S. Israeli empire? Shipping to Israel's Red Sea port is down 85%, and if you see pictures of the port, it's like a ghost town. Now, is Israel going to man up and face the Yemenis? Of course not. Instead, like a petulant child, Israel is demanding that Big Daddy United States stop the Yemenis. The bad news for Israel is the U.S. already tried aerial bombing in Yemen, but that only made the Yemenis more mad and more determined to target Israeli ships and now U.S. ships as well. The U.S. Navy has sent ships to provide protection, but they fail to actually stop the Yemeni harassment. So shipping companies are just not interested in risking their ships and their cargo and are choosing to avoid the Red Sea altogether. The military consensus is that the only way the U.S. can really stop the Yemenis is with an all-out war. A ground invasion. But another war in the Middle East is literally the last thing the U.S. needs right now, and even if they tried it, it would most likely end in U.S. failure. The situation has become so desperate that the U.S. is getting on its hands and knees to beg China to pressure Iran to pressure the Houthis to stop the blockade. And what's funny is China's like, "Mm, nah, this is what happens when you're Israel's lapdog. You will be humiliated on the international stage. But the economic woes for Israel aren't limited to the Red Sea blockade. According to the Bank of Israel, Israel is losing 600 million dollars a week due to work absences alone. This is equal to about 6% of the weekly GDP of the entire country. And according to RAND, Israel is projected to lose 400 billion dollars in economic activity over the next 10 years due to this war. That's a lot of shekels. And keep in mind, these are the estimates coming from Zionist institutions. The reality is probably far, far worse. Reason number.
0: All right. So, first of all, when he said like China is telling the US, uh ah, nah, actually that's a lie, Danielle. They are actually doing that, not because the US is telling them, because China is hurting even more. You moron, <laughs> you idiot. China is being is suffering even more because of what the Houthis are doing. You don't need, even need the United States to call, ask China. China is trying to pressure Iran to get the Houthis off the back of all the ships in the Red Sea. Because guess what? Because the United States has its own oil. The United States has more oil than it needs, okay? But China gets its oil from the Middle East, you moron. This is making China suffer even more than the United States. So obviously China, you know, United States is not on its hands and knees to China to try to stop the Houthis attacking ships in the Red Sea. It's the other way around. China is on its hands and knees begging the United States to try to stop the Houthis because they're suffering. You idiot. It's the other way around. You freaking moron. And also, you know who else? You know what? Here's the thing. I agree with Daniel. Israel should be worried about Houthis attacking the ships. But, you know, the part that is missing the part that is missing is that every freaking country should be worried about this. And mostly Islamic countries. Do you know who this is hurting the most? Egypt. Egypt is being hurt the most. Egypt is suffering because of the Houthis. Price of foods and earnings are horrible right now in Egypt because of the Houthis. It's your Muslim brothers and sisters that are suffering because of the Houthis' attacks on the ship. They're, they're causing more trouble. They're causing more economic hardships. For Muslims than the then Israelis, you freaking morons, you idiots. Did you think, what did you think is going to happen? Poor people are suffering around the world because Houthis are attacking the ships. The price of food has gone up. Who do you think suffers the most when the price of food goes up? It's poor people. You're hurting poor people, including Muslims. Look, Egypt is the number one country right now. More than any country, Egypt is suffering from the attacks on the the ships in the red sea and there's like it's not just one article that is saying this there are many articles that are saying this look at this one egypt 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 all over it's egypt egypt is suffering
1: anyways also i'm pretty sure that the united states uh, asked israel not to join the attack i, I, I remember something like that what I remember that uh, the United States asked Israel not to join the attack that day and the UK got right. together. Yeah. Yes, yes. Israel yes, wanted yes. to. Do I mean they are
0: Yeah, and they're on the wrong sea, okay? Most I mean it, the, the most of the trade that Israel does is on the Mediterranean Sea. When yeah. you when you attack ships on this sea, you're attacking the wrong, mostly the wrong ships, you freaking moron. These are civilian ships that you're attacking. That is disrupting global trade. The whole world is like, oh, Israel should be worried. Unlike the rest of the freaking planet, you moron. Everybody should be worried. You guys, you guys are promoting something that is promoting suffering for everyone on the planet. Congratulations. And you think you're the side of? You think you're promoting good when you're hurting poor people? You're the side of. You're taking the side of evil. You're just taking the side of terrorists. You're celebrating Houthi terrorists.
1: Listen, our and- porch are not empty. And you can see here, Noah is saying that her packages from AliExpress are still coming. My packages are still coming. We're all fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. The thing is about Amazon packages. These people yeah. don't understand anything. Anyways, let's go to number two
2: should be extremely nervous right now is that israel is losing militarily in gaza after nearly four months of fighting they have met none of their stated objectives in this war they haven't even gotten close and despite all the cringe TikTok videos of idf soldiers dancing or gyrating or whatever that is The reality is the IDF is suffering from unprecedented mental health problems and simply can't cope with the stresses of war. The Israeli media sources have been putting out video and images to give the impression that the IDF has control of northern Gaza, but the reality is far different. Independent international sources and GoPro footage directly from the front lines show that the Palestinian fighters are waging guerrilla warfare in these areas, utilizing a vast tunnel network that Israel has failed to infiltrate. What Israel doesn't seem to realize is they can't win this war through carpet bombing. This is a lesson that the U.S. has learned time and time again, whether in Vietnam, in Iraq, or in Afghanistan. All that carpet bombing does is kill large numbers of innocent civilians, which turns public sentiment against you, both domestically and internationally. Consider the Iraq War. Bush launched the 2003 invasion of Iraq with a shock and awe bombing campaign shortly thereafter he hilariously announced mission accomplished but a long protracted and costly war was just getting started a war that was deeply unpopular with the american people and the international community the only way for israel to wage a protracted war against palestine is if it continues to get massive amounts of cash from the u.s but already we're seeing cracks in the U.S.'s ability to keep writing blank checks for the Israeli war machine. Sooner or later, the funds will run dry. Which takes us to the number one reason, and the number one reason Israel should be oh. soiling.
0: So, what do you think about what he said?
1: First, I want to to remind everyone what less money to Israel would make Israel do. Right, less money means less precise weapons. Right, less advanced weapons i'm not sure if israel will stop the war i think it will just use what they have what we have right we'll use more guns more cannons and more primitive things that will make more casualties so i'm not sure it's a good thing that israel is going if israel will run out of money
0: yeah i mean you're right actually this is you're actually that's a very good point because this is worse for as bad as this could be for israel this is worse for Palestinians, right? If um, Israel has less means to defend itself, there means that there's going to be more retaliatory uh, attacks against you know Palestinians for every Israeli that is killed. Again, these people don't care about Palestinians, but we do. So they don't understand that what's saving Palestinians is United States support for Israel is saving Palestinians, right? Imagine if we um, ran also, out of yeah, Iron uh,
1: Dome. Imagine what would happen to Gaza if Israel ran out oh, of Iron Dome. It w- yeah.
0: <laughs> Again, every, like so I agree that Israel should be worried about this. But the problem is that we worry for Israel, and we worry for Palestine as well. But this guy only cares about Palestinian, Israeli suffering increasing, even if the cause of that is Palestinian suffering increasing.
1: Yeah, we talked about it a lot. They don't care. The, 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 the Palestinians care. are winning. They are winning, they are heroes and they are winning, right? Yes, because, yeah.
0: Yeah, and also the number of Hamas, uh, I- again, so whether Israel is um, winning in Gaza or not, I agree that if they're not achieving the things that they were trying to achieve, but they are relative to how Hamas is doing, they're doing better. Like Hamas, If Israel is not achieving its goals, Hamas is being... Uh, losing a lot more than Israel is. So I don't know why you're looking at this from one side. Again, uh, I don't trust as much as I, based on my metrics, Israel is not achieving a lot of its goals, because I think it was, you know, the goals that they stated that the news stated at the beginning of the war was should not have been stated. That's yeah. why it's easy to be able to show that they're not winning. But it, I, I don't trust Daniel as a source of information for how Israel is doing in Gaza, because if you go look at the recent live stream that we did two weeks ago, it's called Muslim makes the dumbest mistake while trying to attack Israel. If you go look at um, the way he actually looks at data and he analyzed them, he's so he's such an idiot because he was reading an article and we could see the article that he was reading from that it was talking about the number of Hamas soldiers that were killed in the war and he thought, oh my he was celebrating that because he could not read and he didn't understand that that was actually the number of uh, he thought that that was the number of IDF soldiers that were being killed. and he was just it was really clear the text that he was reading, that that was referring to Hamas milit- militants being dying. And he was like, oh, my God, look at the number. It's 3,000. He was yeah, so he happy about himself, it. he corrected
1: himself, right? He corrected himself right after. <laughs> no, he never <laughs>
0: hit the video. And the video is still up. He has still not taken down that video. He has still, to. everybody is pointing out to him that you're an idiot. That is the Hamas militants dying. That is not the IDF. And the video is still up. The video side, no, and by never the way, came out. The military,
1: Israeli military did infiltrate a lot of tunnels, a lot of huge and a lot of kilometers of tunnels. That's the slide that we didn't.
0: Right. <laughs> okay, let's go to number one.
2: right now is
0: okay. Number one reason. Number one, the
2: end of U.S. hegemony. Big Daddy is no longer going to be around to bail out baby Israel. The only reason Israel can get away with being this belligerent state that can flout all international norms whenever it pleases is because the U.S. is there to provide cover. But those days are quickly coming to an end. Whether it's in Afghanistan or the Ukraine, the U.S. has suffered major geostrategic losses in the past three years and the situation is only getting worse worse. No longer can the U.S. impose its will on the world through brute force. This is due to a combination of factors like worsening economic conditions for the U.S. domestically and the rise of Russia and China as competing superpowers. Israel has put all of its eggs in Uncle Sam's basket. And that means the fall of the U.S. empire spells the downfall of the Zionist entity, inshallah. I hope you've enjoyed this time.
0: All right. So first of all, that is wrong. Every analysis shows that all the predictions for the U.S. empire to be falling has been incorrect. The trend seems to be the other way around. It seems like the U.S. is becoming more of a global power and China is not going to be able to take its place. In fact, the divide between the United States as a global power and the rest of the world is increasing Based on, you know, a lot of people predicted that it's going to reverse, but it's not. It's actually becoming a bigger gap. And the reason why, but I agree that Israel should be worried, not because the United States is becoming weaker, but actually because some people are, again, I don't know how accurate this prediction is, but a lot of experts are thinking the United States is becoming too powerful, so powerful that it's going to be less reliant on other countries and yeah. especially the Middle East. So if Israel is going to have to be worried about lack of U.S. support for two reasons, not because the United States will not be able to afford supporting Israel, but because the United States will not need to support Israel or want to support Israel as much as before because it's becoming too powerful to care as much. Again, it will always care, but relatively, I'm talking. Um and also because the demographics of United States is, are changing and people are voting and it might be voting in a different way. But it's not because United States is going to lose its dominance over the world. United States is more concerned with the Pacific, with China and Taiwan. And even there, at some point, it might be able to not care that much about Taiwan if it's able to build the chips that are being built in Taiwan. Back in the United States, there's a lot of push for be- being able to eventually make those ships in the United States as well. And also given that the oil that United States ha- have, and also alternative form of energy. So even if United States cares right now about the oil in the Middle East, it's mostly because of its allies need that oil, especially as Western European allies need that oil, um, gas and oil, not because the United States needs it. But again, Europe is also fast moving towards a place where alternative form of energies are going to replace Fossil feels more and more and middle east is going to lose its importance that's the reason why israel needs to be worried about losing the support of united states but again it shouldn't be just israel that is worried is worried about that it should be mainly palestinians more palestinians should be more because again if you if israel cannot defend itself like it does right now it's going to be a lot of suffering for palestinians way way more palestinians are going to die and suffer because of it and also when it comes to allies um, yes Israel is that's why Israel is trying to get more allies other than the United States is actively trying to get more allies and not just the United States you know normalize this relationship with its neighbor but when it comes to having allies, I think Palestinians should be complaining a lot more than Israel because Palestinians either don't have allies or the or the allies that they act like their allies are actually, you know, wanting their death and misery for other agenda and are constantly encouraging them to fight, um, endless, hopeless, uh, wars that don't have any victories in sight, which is just basically increasing their suffering. So again, Palestine, yeah, Israel might be losing support from its allies, you know, but Palestine has allies with friends like Palestine's, you know, you don't need enemies, mm-hmm. um, And the only way that, again, the Abrahamic Accord would be able to get Israel and Palestine better allies, right? Israel, the thing that Daniel is trying to dismiss as celebrating the Abrahamic Accords going away, which is not going to go away, it probably is going to come back. But even if it does, that would mean that Israel gets less allies. There's going to be more war in the Middle East, which is something more Palestinian suffering, but also through the Abrahamic Accords, Palestinians, the Palestinian state would get better allies that it does not have right now. The allies of Palestinians right now, which is, includes the Islamic Republic of Iran, do not, you know, are not fighting for a Palestinian state. By the way, just recently, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the United Nations, wo- voted for a two-state solution, which tells you how things are changing, maybe in favor of Israel, but that's a topic for another video. But go on, Roy.
1: No, you talked to lot. You took all of my points. It's not fair. <laughs> I, just <wanted> to, <laughs> I just
4: wanted to remind everyone what will
1: happen if Israel will be desperate, right? It's it's a, it's a very bad thing that will happen because Jews don't have anywhere to go, right? Most of the Jews don't have anywhere to go. And if Israel will be desperate, it will be bad for everyone. For Israel also. Yeah, yeah. We don't want that. Yes. No one wants that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
0: If we don't want we don't want suffering of Israelis or the Palestinians. They happen to wish for both. Yeah. Again, choose your side. Choose your side, right? <laughs> Anyways, guys, we went over time. I tried to keep this under 1 hour, but it was my fault. I was I couldn't stop talking. Sorry about that, but like, no, I'm not, I'm not sorry, but like this stream, make sure you like the stream because as I mentioned, we have been demonetized and guys, when we get demonetized, it's not just the demonetization. We also get deprioritized. That means like on, on Facebook algorithm, we get recommended less often, which recommendations on, on, on Facebook, on YouTube's algorithm, we get recommended less often. And the recommendation is the main way for a channel to grow. So if you like the stream, That will make YouTube show us to more people, which is the main way to grow. So please go ahead and like the stream right now. And if you want to help even more after the stream is over, leave a comment under the show. That really, really helps. And if you want to even help even more, other than making sure that you're subscribed and have hit the bell notification, go tell people, go tell your friends, go tell your enemies. Go tell your grandma. Go tell your classmates that you haven't spoken to for the past 15 years. Go find them. And just the first thing you say, like, hey, subscribe to this channel. Everybody you can think of, send them the link to our channel and ask them. No, do not ask. Demand. Demand that they subscribe to this channel. Go ahead and do that. That will help us grow this channel. Like You tell them, like, you must. You must. Oh, we got, who is this guy? Roy just gave us six shekels. (laughs) Like, Roy, Roy is giving us. Super chat so that we could afford Roy. Well thank yeah, you, Roy. Maybe for the overtime. Bigger, will you... Yes, for the overtime. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go so that we can don't have to pay Roy overtime. All right, guys, thank you so much. See you on the next stream. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.